Today on the podcast, we're talking about some of the most exciting breaking news in AI, which is in relation to OpenAI and them working on agents. This is something that everyone has been talking about for a long time, but this is really exciting to hear. This is really one of the big focuses um, that they are going to be making right now and that they're currently working on. Connor, what have you seen in regards to this? I know this whole uh, this whole thing was broken by the information recently, um, and you know we're just really excited with what's going on. Huge plug for the information, Jaden. You told me about the information way uh, way back when. By the way, if you're on video, folks, and you see my ghetto setup, I happen to be again in a hotel room. I like my microphone like strapped to an <laughs> iPad. It looks ridiculous, but that's how we do it here. Uh, yeah, you know, and it's um, you know, I get uh, into my inbox uh, Stephanie uh, Palazzolo's uh, updates, and she's just fantastic on this one. She broke this story along with Amir. Uh, Efrati or Afradi, I'm not sure how to pronounce the name. I apologize, uh, but the information is so good. And this is—I'm just kind of like Jade. I'm just going to take us right to this article, right? Because let me just like read uh, the first couple of things because this is super cool. Here's how the article starts from the information: OpenAI's first major product, ChatGPT, proved so popular that it sparked a generation of wannabes. Blah blah blah. But then it says this: OpenAI is developing a form of agent software to automate complex tasks by effectively taking over a consumer's device. The customer could then ask the ChatGPT agent to transfer data from a document to a spreadsheet for analysis, for instance, or to automatically fill out expense reports and then enter them into accounting software. Those kinds of requests would trigger the agent to perform the clicks, cursor movements, text typing, and other actions humans take as they work with different apps, according to a person with knowledge of the effort. So Jaden, when I saw this, like, this sparks like a whole new way of looking at generative AI. And it feels like ever since, uh, do you remember when Sam Altman was up there at Dev Day back in, I think, November before all the craziness happened and he started to talk about GPTs, but he introed them by saying, I know everybody wants to talk about agents, baby steps here. And I think the information is sort of saying, hey, there might be more to this story and what's going on behind the scenes that people know. Yeah, I think what's interesting here is they said that they've been working on this for over a year. So like, this has obviously been a big focus, right? As much as they'll shy away from the topic, like this is really where they're going. I think this is no surprise. We see companies like Adept who have raised, uh, you know, millions and millions of dollars to do the same, um, the same thing. And Adept is literally spun out from some previous OpenAI employees. So OpenAI understands what's going on um, and they are, they're working on this as well. And what I will say is, is like, this sounds incredible, like as a tool technology, but I will say that I don't think OpenAI is like the only one. Of course, there's a depth, but also, um, you know, Microsoft in their, their latest Microsoft 11 copilot that they've announced they're going to be releasing in the next version of like Microsoft is going to have a copilot that effectively, I think is going to be able to do a lot of this stuff because it's built into your operating system. You tell it to do something it's going to be able to click around on your computer. So and I think this is a lot of what OpenAI is doing. So they've actually have two different things they're working on. Number one is a web-based one. So that's going to be able to take control of your browser, do all sorts of internet searches and anything on the internet. And the second one is going to be um, something that you actually have to download onto your computer. And it's going to be a software that runs and it's able to like do everything on your computer within your files or within uh, software or other things like that. So this is so fascinating. But my question to you, Connor, is... Do you think this is the right direction or do you think like 
beyond just the level of dystopian, I don't know, like, is this the right direction for where AI should go? Because I have my own thoughts on this, but I'd love to hear yours. I mean, I th- I think so. I I think this is what people imagine. When I started talking, so I talked to a lot of companies uh, about all this. And I do a lot of training and, uh, you know, I've just sort of put out this stuff on this newsletter, this AI mindset newsletter, which you can find and everything like that. But the early questions that I was getting when ChatGPT came out, were from you know heads of companies saying, hey, is this going to be the kind of thing where I say, hey, I need a flight from New York to Denver, uh, click a magic button, and all of a sudden you have that flight. So I think that it took people a little while longer to get to what ChatGPT and other LLMs actually do, which is, mm-hmm. uh, as Sam Altman said back in last March or whatever, like this is much more of a reasoning tool than a knowledge tool. But this was certainly, it seemed like anyway, where plugins were starting to go right mm-hmm. with like you know kayak and expedia and toro and open table things like that and then all of a sudden people were realizing this isn't really working but i i think so so i think sort of like this is what people actually want they want this and this is why i think the rabbit r1 the device uh that sort of like blew up at ces in vegas I think that's what people are so excited about. Less about, oh, now I have this big boxy uh, thing that looks like a speak and spell to be able to talk to ChatGPT that I have to carry around in my pocket and much more like, well, if this thing can actually book me a flight, then that's great. So my question sort of like around that then is, you know, is this what Rabbit is actually able to do? I will say that I'm, uh, God bless them, I'm a little skeptical. They do have this large action model instead of large language model, which Again, sort of the name implies that this can uh, can do this. I didn't hear about the Microsoft thing, Jane. You're, you're breaking this news to me for the first time that, that Copilot may have this built in. So anyway, my take is that this is what people want. But I want to hear your take on this. Yeah, and I will say, uh, you know, as a uh, disclaimer on the Microsoft one, they haven't announced that it's literally going to be like the same kind of like agent tool. I just see this is where it's going in the future. Um, It's built into the operating system. So it's going to have the ability. What I think is really interesting here is a couple concerns. Number one, um, you have to download something onto your computer. Right. Uh, And I know that Mike OpenAI is going to do a ton of work for like red teaming and safety rails and all this kind of stuff to make this like a really secure um, application, whatever. So it's not going to go off the rails and, and do stuff it shouldn't. I mean, that being said, AIs do hallucinate. So like if you tell it to send like an email to all of your people in this specific contact (laughs) list and, you know, it could be a little crazy. (laughs) What I will say, though, in regard to all of that, though, is that um, I think that there's a huge security vulnerability in a sense that you don't have to be able to hack that program. You just would have to install malware onto your computer that goes and hijacks that program. And if that happens, you essentially lose complete control and access to your computer because it it can control everything. So anytime you try to delete it or exit the tab, it could just like be fighting you in real time and like <laughs> shutting it down and not letting you do it. Of course, at the end of the day, you always have like the uh, the ultimate power to just like pull the plug on your computer, but then you fire the thing back up. Like it could hold your whole computer hostage in a way that I, I think uh, it sounds slightly terrifying to me. So Dude, I'm now I'm now obsessed with your with your uh, techno dystopian uh, future vision of what this is going to be. I love that you could just like leapfrog like five steps and take us there. Well, Jane, let me ask you this then, like because um, you know a lot of people sort of you know right away because I was posting about this on LinkedIn too, and I got a lot of people saying Apple is never going to uh, allow that. So I mean, hopefully there are certain. Uh, you know, thing, I mean, look, OpenAI, I think, has a phenomenal red team. And I think we've I think we've seen that. But I mean, 
yeah, in terms of the hardware aspect of this, what happens to people in the uh, the Apple ecosystem? Is this even going to be something that I they would allow? I didn't think about that. I don't think Apple will get this. Uh, I don't. I could be completely wrong, but I'm eighty percent certain this won't be able to come to our Apple devices. Which may no, it won't be able to because uh, when you look at when you look at like phones and stuff like Androids, you can give them like permission for apps to like go crazy and do everything. Yep. But Apple does not allow that. And so, yeah, I don't even know if the iPhone app, you'll be able to get an iPhone app that can do this kind of stuff. Um, it might just be Android and Microsoft, which is a lot of like corporate, you know, a lot of the corporate world will be uh, into that. And I think right. that that'll be like a big target audience for them and stuff. But um, that is an interesting aspect. I think there'll be some some privacy issues and some security issues. Huge, and Huge privacy issues. And this is sort of like where... You know, and Jaden, I'm wondering sort of like, I wonder if this is the, gosh, I'm sort of like putting this all together. Is it's, uh, you know, look, Humane is uh, obviously has uh, the AI pin. Uh, obviously, you have the Rabbit R1 with this large action model. Uh, Humane hopefully will be getting some news uh, next month. I was talking to them a little bit behind the scenes and just sort of like hearing some really cool things that they're doing, which hopefully we'll be able to uh, talk about kind of coming up in the next month or two. Uh, but then also, you know, with Sam Altman and uh, is it Johnny Ives kind of, you know, who basically designed the first uh, iPhone coming out with a device. It's just occurring to me now, guys, this is what I love about AI Applied is that when you start, like we're all figuring this out together in real time, right? You know, I'm wondering sort of if this was the whole point behind a device, because in the end, why do you actually need a device, right? I mean, like, so, uh, you know, I think Humane uh, with the iPin has a real vision behind why they want a device, right? They want people to kind of not looking at their phones. They want people kind of experiencing uh, life around them and just having this as sort of a co-pilot that travels along with them. Uh, obviously, Rabbit has a different vision. They're going for this large action model. But I wonder if OpenAI has the idea that a device is going to be really this, right? Something that actually does everything for you and can obviously also sort of phone call and all that kind of stuff. Because in apps, when you think about it on an iPhone, are just things doing for you, doing things for you, right? You click the Uber app and then you click where you are and all that kind of stuff. But if I wonder if OpenAI is looking bigger picture and they're looking at this almost as like an agent, right? Because then it would sort of like skip over the Apple e uh, ecosystem, everything else. And that becomes like really like something really interesting, which I think the rabbit is trying to do, but that gets interesting, right? That is a very interesting point, which is if OpenAI can pull this off to a high level and make something like incredibly more productive and efficient, they could potentially be like a new phone competitor in the phone arena in a way that no one else has been able to break through. Microsoft, you know, uh, phone operating system, Windows phone operating system had to drop out. They couldn't uh, keep up. BlackBerry obviously has been completely squashed. Like there were these other competitors to Android and Apple, but uh, they, they've all kind of died. And it is insanely competitive and hard, I think, to ever break into that market. But I think there is like potentially a, a path forward for this, especially if they got Johnny Ive on there helping them de design the device. I mean, I don't see why they would make a device and then just not make it a phone. Like it's so right, right. right. It's, it's, it's so similar. Well, that's the thing. If you go back and look at the 2007 uh, Steve Jobs announcement, right? It was like, imagine if you had. Do you remember this whole thing? It was like, imagine if you had an iPod, uh, your phone, yeah. and a browser, and it was all one device. And so, what did iPhone do really well? What it said, like, you want these three things. It's just in this one device. And I think what people are kind of thinking is like, well, why do we need something new, right? And again, Humane has a uh, you know with the AI pin you know, love it or sort of like super skeptical, whatever you feel. 
it is trying to do something different, right? It's sort of like trying to sort of like have this system where you're not kind of glued to your phone all the time. But if people are saying, well, I understand that there will be a new device, but why? Like the iPhone seems to do everything we need. But if all of a sudden this thing is like your little Jarvis from Iron Man in your pocket, that would be the compelling case, right? Because all of a sudden you'd be able to do everything that you needed to. I think, I don't know how social media works on it. I think people still love their social media, but that could be the really interesting thing about like where a device, like that would justify a new device, you know, kind of, which would essentially be like a little agent in your pocket. Mm -hmm. This is so fascinating. So the reason I think this is interesting is this is like, there's two approaches to this problem, uh, I think. And they're going with the one direction, which is like control the device and go and click on things. What they're essentially doing and bypassing here is using API access to different tools. They don't have to get permission. They can access literally every tool the user is giving them permission, so they don't need it from the the company. There's like a lot of like politics that can go into that. They can, um, you know, like let's say I don't know, some big company like Google didn't want them to like integrate or use Gmail in any way, and we're trying to like fight them off there. Google couldn't stop a tool like this that was you know like taking over their web browser because it's just clicking around and doing things right. So I think that is an interesting aspect. It's like you get. You, permission from the user, but not the companies. Right. Um, okay, so th there's one thing that I want to just like go over, and that is the upside to this system that they're creating here. Because of course, the alternative is just like a complex piece of software that has all of the integrations and API access in it that will just like do these things when you tell it to do these things um, and just run it like a piece of software. But what they're doing is they're like literally controlling the screen. The mouse is clicking yes. and, and doing the things. And I think what I like about that is that you get receipts in real time. It's like when you're when you're building something or debugging something and you can see like you run your code and it gives you like, you know, the the red lines of where the errors are or like when you're making a ChatGPT prompt and you like try it, oh, it's not good, tweak it, try it again. Oh, it's not good, tweak it. Okay, this is what I'm going for, right? Like so whether you're a coder or not, I think you can relate. Um you can see in real time what it's doing and you can see, oh, it's going in the wrong direction. I told it to mm -hmm. do this, but now it's like opening LinkedIn. I said, you know, Facebook, okay, like stop it, close the tab, right? Or like whatever you do. So you can see in real time, whereas like with the software, you just click go and it runs the whole process and you're like, oh, did it do it right? You know? So I think that that is an interesting aspect, but I, I still question, I still think it's up for debate on whether that um, benefit there still outweighs like, just making it a piece of software that could run and be integrated with everything. I, it is quite a bit, I don't know. Yeah, it's harder. It's crazier. So I yeah. think theirs is more robust. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, it's same. And I, th I think that's a really interesting point too, because now when, um, you know, when it started integrating like, you know, Python code and stuff like that into ChatGPT and it was trying to do, especially in code interpreter, I don't know if you ever ran into this, it would say, you'd say, hey, can you analyze this versus this or find the correlation or something like that? And so often, especially in the early days, it would do it and then it would pause and say, hey, I tr it would literally say, I tried to do this. It didn't really work. Let's try another tack, right? Which really kind of reminds you that the human has to keep in the loop on all this. Mm -hmm. uh, I will be super fascinated. Um, by the way, Jaden, before you close this out, just a reminder, guys, we are so close to hitting 50 ratings and reviews on the AI Applied Podcast. And what I have sworn is that I will post photos of my dogs when we hit that. That leaves us three more ratings and reviews, guys. We can do this. You, believe me, you want to see my dogs. Three more. That's all we need. All right, Jaden. Okay. The last thing I want to say as we, t as we wrap this up is I am so excited for these agents to come. They're going to be absolutely fascinating, revolutionary. Um, I'm really excited with what I'm building with AI Box because essentially our platform with 
millions of different AI apps on there is going to be the perfect pairing with these AI agents, right? So these AI agents, you're going to give it a task. And if you have it linked up with AI box, it will be able to go to AI box, find the top rated apps in that category to complete that task. Amazing. And the thing that I think people will love about these kind of like centrally pre-built um, AI uh, marketplaces in compare in companionship with these uh, autonomous agents is that you will get a repetitive uh, you'll get like a very consistent output. Like if you just ask an agent to do a task, it'll do it any way it set in any way it like thinks of on its first try. And like you mentioned with the code interpreter, it'll try it one way, be like, ah, it didn't really work. Let's try it a different way, right? So like it's sitting there figuring out in real time, doing it how it thinks best. But if you can plug this into like a program like AI Box with, you know, the top ranked way to write that blog post or to analyze that data or to do that customer, fulfill that customer service request, um, you can guarantee that you're going to get a high quality output every time as long as you run it through a system like that. So Phenom that's what I'm really excited to, for. I cannot wait to see that, Jane, seriously. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. It's going to be some crazy stuff. But thank you so much for tuning in to the AI Applied Podcast today. If you got any value, like Connor mentioned, drop us a review. Uh, we want to show you his dogs. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> Hope that you all have a wonderful rest of your day.